Welcome to the OTL podcast. Racism can be seen as a controversial or contentious subject, but it's not one that I wanted to shy away from given the recent incident with Rico Kitongo. Chatting about it with our usual panel, which is made up of people all of whom are white and all but one of which are male, didn't feel like it was quite the right approach to take. It wasn't going to offer much of an insight. Instead, I wanted to get a collection of submissions from people. Andrew Duffy covered it in his excellent Airdrie book. Blog. You'll know Andrew, he's a regular panellist, and so I asked for his thoughts. Sean Smith had reached out, he's a regular listener, uh, but he wanted to know if we were going to do something about it, uh, and so I wanted to hear what his thoughts were. Tariqa Shreef appeared on the Airdrie message board. Tariq was a year above me at school, he used to go to games, but racist abuse stopped him from being a supporter. I find the conversation with him particularly difficult. Supporting Airdrie as trite as it might sound, has brought me some of the most joyful experiences of my life. Tariq was a year above me at school, we're from a similar background in all but race, but you'll hear that his experience has been very different. We'll also hear from Hall of Famer Brian McPhee. Airdrie's got a special place in Brian's heart. It's a club that he's closest to since his playing career ended, but even his input will give you some food for thought. The key message from everyone was that the fans should take ownership of this issue. We're the ones that are best placed to self-police and ensure that intolerance isn't the norm at Airdrie. I've got experience of that being highly effective. When Airdrie got presented with the league trophy on the last day of the season against Morton, I thought it was party time. A pub before the game, prepared to do anything that would wind up the Morton players and fans. I had a great day. A few days later... I met a boy from school called Kenny Brown uh, near the top cross. At the time, I helped run the 7th Airdrie Boys Brigade company section and Kenny, who was one of the boys in the company section, made clear to me that his parents weren't impressed by the behaviour of me, a few rows in front of them, who was effectively his Boys Brigade officer. Uh, It was actually really powerful. It hammered home to me that something that should have been glaringly obvious, you can't be a wee bam for 90 minutes on a Saturday and it not affect how people see you the rest of the time. Lesson learned. Uh, hopefully my behaviour at games has improved since, but it was just a quick word in my ear and it did really make me think. To hammer the message home on intolerance, I want to finish with an article from the late great Mark Allison on his life as an Airdrie fan. And as a post-edit point, Brian McPhee has asked me to note that when he experienced, and as a post-edit point, Brian McPhee has asked me to correct that when he experienced racism twice as a player from opposition fans, that was when he was on the books of Hamilton Ackies rather than Airdrie. First and foremost, I think it's vitally important that Rico Katongo continues to get all the support that he needs from the club, from the management and from his teammates. I'm sure that is the case and I'm sure that will continue and it's important also that we as a, as a fan base continue to, you know, as, as a group of supporters, continue to get behind them and support them because it must still be a difficult time for, 
for Rico, although I'm sure in many ways he'll be wanting to try and I don't want to speak for him here, but I'm sure he'll be wanting it in, in at least some capacity to move on with the rest of his season and the rest of his life from this incident. But it's just one of many fairly high-profile incidents of late in the Scottish game and the game wider in general that highlights that this is not a problem that has gone away. It's a problem that's changed, taken on different forms um, quite clearly and one that every club, including our own, needs to grasp the nettle on. We've got a reputation as a group of supporters largely earned before my time, I'll, I'll hastily add, but which clearly isn't completely shorn off from us. It's still on our shoulders and, and still there. And so it's, it's important, doubly so, I would argue, that we self-police and that we point it out. Certainly I'll be on the lookout for any such incidents in the future, keeping my ears open and making and taking any steps I can to get it out of the club that I support because I don't want to be sitting in stands with people who are going to say or do or act in a way that can be abusive to other people on things like their race or their sexual orientation or their ethnicity or their nationality. It's absurd, it's preposterous and it's frankly embarrassing. The sport, the wider sport, needs stronger punishments uh, to be put in place for clubs, but the clubs continually resist strict liability. That being said, strict liability clearly isn't the be all and end all. It's not the silver bullet because you still see it happening in European club competitions in which strict liability is in place. But the very first thing Scottish football should be doing is introducing strict liability so that if it happens, your club, the clubs involved are punished. Supporters are supporting their club and want their club to do well and you're at least to some degree less likely to carry on in a certain way if you can see that it's going to be damaging. That's why certain songs no longer get sung by Old Firm fans, at least during football matches in the stadium. They then just sing it outside, granted, but in the stadium at least, they, they try and avoid doing that because of um, previous incidents. But that's something that the wider authorities need to look into as as fans, as a, as a group of supporters. The, the onus is on us to conduct ourselves in a manner that we can be proud of, that our families can be proud of, that the um, club is not going to be embarrassed by. We should be fervent, we should be funny, we should be self-deprecating, we should be self-aware, and we should be committed and vociferous in our support. But you don't need to be told what is and isn't acceptable. You don't need to be told what is and isn't reasonable. You don't need to be told what is and isn't racist. You just don't. And anyone who comes out with uh, derogatory comments on the basis of race is a racist, is a bigot, and should be made to feel unwelcome. They should they should be um, made to feel like a pariah within the support, within the stadium, and within the kind of wider um, every supporting community. So I can only hope that continues to be the case. We, we need to take our responsibility for it. Clubs can only go so far in their investigations that they conduct and they can only go so far in the punishments they can meet out if, if they are not able to positively identify culprits. Then the action they can take is slim to none. 
we need to be able to point that out. We need to have the courage of our convictions. If we feel strongly about it, if we feel that it shouldn't be happening, then we need to take action on that basis. It's essentially my position on it. And, you know, it's embarrassing. I get I get grief with my pals every now and again in a, in a uh, mostly joking way about the um, fact that I'm a fairly extreme left-wing uh, guy with political views. Um, and... Let's say historically, the Edge support has been associated in somewhat the opposite direction. So a lot of them always try and make fun of that particular um, contrast and that particular dichotomy. But it's got nothing to do with it. I support Edge because it's the team that my uncle supported and that I was taken to see. Um, it's where my mum's family come from, and my father was determined that I wouldn't be an old firm supporter. There's no political element to it there's no ethnic element to it and the fact that it even need to have that discussion is just shambolic it's farcical but we need to like I said have the courage of our convictions and we need to be robust as a support in terms of our efforts to self-police certainly that's my intention going forward I just wanted to start by offering my full support and solidarity to Rico. I can't imagine how traumatic an incident this no doubt has been for him and I hope as well that the club are supporting him to get through it and move forward however he wishes. Uh, why is racism something we should think about? I don't think anybody supports Airdrie because they win trophies or even that they play particularly attractive football. But we support Airdrie because it means something important to us. It's a part of our identity. And it's a shared identity between you, me and every other supporter who's ever supported the football club. It's a shared identity, history and culture that celebrates our town through its biggest and what I think is its best manifestation, its football club. That's why we sing about Airdrie being wonderful and full of drugs, whores and buckfast. It's even in the name. If you're an Airdrie union of any kind, then the football club belongs to you and it represents you. Its success belongs to you. Any of its glories, its promotions, its cup wins, its history and its good times. The times that have sustained that have sustained us fans and the townspeople through hardship. These are the things that belong to you and belong to us as a town and that we quite rightly celebrate. So yep, the football club represents us, but we also represent it as well. We represent it on a Saturday, on a game day and really any... I guess really any time we talk or mention football or wear club merchandise, anything like that. And we don't just represent the club, we represent the town as well. And as representatives of the football club and of the town, we have a duty to ensure that the club isn't just welcoming to people like me and yourself, but we also have to be welcome to everyone, regardless of their race, their gender, um, sexuality, disability or religion because people from all walks of life are from our town and support our football club and so it's important that we are a we're a safe space for them to come and watch football and support the team and you know feel welcomed and valued as a supporter because as i've said there are people who fit into those categories who do support the football club and me myself i'm well aware of the the privilege that i have as a white heterosexual man attending football games I can attend a football game in Airdrie, Scotland, all over the world and I'm never going to encounter a second of 
the grief, intimidation or discrimination that our fellow fans or players or officials or anyone to do with football can experience. I'm somebody that football is catered to and that football's always been catered to. I'm somebody that will go to a football game for the entirety of my life and feel safe and welcome. But unfortunately, that's not the case for everybody, even even in 2021. That's why myself and others like me, we need to use our privilege to actively challenge all forms of discrimination when we come across it at the football, whether we're at the game or on the message boards or even afterwards on the supporters bus or the train or wherever else. Um, in the context of what we're talking about, um, it's important to that, that we're not only just not racist, but we also have to be actively anti-racist as well. Racism in the structures which allow it to flourish and to sustain itself are unfortunately still strong. And they're actually emboldened um, in the society that we have today. But it appears to be becoming more prevalent, or at least out in the open, um, in Scottish football. Uh, this season alone, we've seen incidents at Airdrie, Air, um, online abuse as well, directed to the players this season as well in Scottish football and um, and possibly others as well. As we've talked about, as it's become, well, as it's obviously still a prevalent part of society and as it's become something that has unfortunately become fairly common in Scottish football, it's something that must be challenged and called out when seen or heard, which is what I mean by we have to be actively anti-racist rather than just you know not be a racist because unfortunately that's not you know that's not good enough that's not that's not ultimately going to um challenge and get rid of racism from society so we have to do more if you see it or hear it challenge the culprits call them out for it don't let them don't let them get away with it you can do it in a group if you you know if you, you feel intimidated which which you know can happen if you know it, it, it's in a if there's somebody being aggressive or you can approach a steward get a photo or a name or a seat number to ensure you can positively identify them. Contact the club and do what you can to get them um, to get them banned and uh, to get them banned and no longer able to attend games supporting the club or or attending whichever stadium you may be at. And most importantly I think you know we need to make sure that races feel unwelcome, unwanted and unsafe at New Broomfield or indeed any other Airdrie game or 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 game in Scottish football in general because if they don't feel like that if they feel that if they feel that they're welcome or they feel that they are um, emboldened or able to do you know able to be racist and to be able to do and say what they like and not be challenged on it then ultimately that you know the club isn't then worthy of our support or um re- or being representative of our town welcome to the OTL podcast and uh, this is a special following the, the incident with Rico Katongo. I was reading into that and looking at what was on the Airdrie Facebook page uh, and I came across our next guest. So welcome to the OTL podcast, Tariq Ashrif. Tariq, how are you? I'm good, Colin. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Tell us a bit about yourself then. So uh, you're on an Airdrie supporters Facebook page. Uh, are you from the town? Uh, yeah, I've grown up in Airdrie most of my life. Um I used to support the club um, back in the day, probably through the 90s. And to think just until just after they became Airdrie United, they went bust. Tugor Clyde became Airdrie United. And then after that, I just kind of uh, died away from it, I'm afraid. And so tell us about how did you 
find yourself going along to Airdrie games and, and and what kind of who what are your early memories? What players can you remember? Uh, what <laughs> going back now? Um, kind of didn't really fancy the old firm kind of much. I never kind of was one for that. Um, a few of them, a few of my mates I played football with used to be diehard Airdrie fans. And they took me along to a game once. I enjoyed it. I liked it. And uh, they just started going to night games on a Tuesday. And then I found myself going to more and more games and then even some away games. I think when I started watching, you still had John Martin in goals. I think Johnny singing in the bar. We had uh, own, Will Owen Coyle was just about to, I think he like a few games retired. There was... Quite a few. Then obviously the new stadium happened when they moved from Broomfield to well, we thought the new Broomfield. It was the Shiba the Excelsior, which is <laughs> the the penny cabs now. And then they had um, a lot of politics around it. And back then, unfortunately, I can't really remember. I remember we used to have a guy called Cormac up front that was about six foot six or something, and uh, it took nearly a season and a half for him to actually score a header. Yeah, well, Steve McCormack, he's six foot six and six foot. Too many jumped, I think. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, right, and and who were your mates that you went along with? Give them a shout out in case you listen to this. Uh, that'd be Brian Devine and Colin Swan. I know of both of them. Yeah, uh, good good Airdrie names. Right, and and Tariq, you you're you're from a black and other minority ethnic background, growing up in Airdrie. So that's. I often wonder about that. I mean, it's, it's a very monocultural place. So what was it like growing up in Airdrie, going to school in Airdrie as someone who who wasn't white like the rest of us? Um, I was fortunate at primary school that I had uh, two fellow Asians in my class. Uh, usually just most on your own. Um, it wasn't pleasant. Most of the time it was okay, but people kind of had a stick at you. They didn't like my colour. What for whatever reason I'd get called all sorts. I think now it's like uh, water off a duck's back. I'm afraid, and it's not something that stopped. It's actually got worse uh, since then, which is a bit of a shame. I thought the younger generation in my family wouldn't have to deal with what I dealt with at high school and primary school. Fortunately, do uh, it was apparent in the classrooms all the way from primary, high school, college, university, even in jobs I've been in. Or even to being out in the street, then you get things like 9-11 happen, your parents' house gets targeted constantly for that, and they get the blame of any sort of atrocity that goes on just because the colour of their skin or they're Muslims. Uh, it's kind of like a double kind of whammy now, coloured and Muslim. wasn't pleasant growing up at times, but it wasn't everybody. I think that's very important to make that clear as a small minority of folk. And uh, I even had it through sport myself. And um, being an Airdrie fan was always bad the top. So I used to go along a lot. Mm-hmm. At friends that were in there. And probably someone with June Callison kind of gave me loads of information about it when I was getting in. Probably know her. Um, I found it difficult. I won't lie. Uh, but most of it was bearable. Uh, most folk were okay with me. I'm just another person. Probably now if you speak to folk, it's pretty well liked by most people could talk to anybody about anything that was kind of how I kind of tried to have my outlook of life but it kind of got tainted after a while and you can only take so much of it especially if you're at a football game trying to enjoy yourself and you're getting abuse thrown at you so it's just kind of I think now it's kind of it's not too bad but I think it's because I've got a thick skin to it now that's sad to hear and it's not what 
you shouldn't have to have like a callous skin to be able to live life normally. I mean, that was a key question I wanted to ask you about you. There's been a recent incident with Rico Katongo, an Airdrie player, putting something up on social media, but basically saying he couldn't believe uh, that he was abused by his own fans. And that bit I find quite strange because it shouldn't matter whether it's these... It wouldn't have been right if it was Airdrie fans abusing an opposition player, but um, so I wouldn't even want to talk about that part of it. And you'd kind of commented on the thread to say around the time of Airdrie being at back-to-back Challenge Cup finals, you'd gone along to the games and the same thing had happened to you. And it sounds like you've had more than than just that to contend with. So tell us about your negative experiences as a, an Airdrie supporter. Well, when I went along, it wasn't any problems. You always had the infamous Section B, which we kind of stayed clear of for the obvious reasons. But usually at games, I would get Pass, passing remarks or comments of what's a darky doing here and go and support your own club. I just tried to ignore it at the best of times. My mates kind of, you could tell that they felt a bit uneasy because they've heard it, but you could tell that they've kind of wanted to pretend that they didn't hear it and hope that I wouldn't bring it up. So I kind of kept most of it to myself. Nothing ever got physical. I kind of, parents always said, you know, if someone tries to get physical, just, you know, bite down, walk away. Don't get into any physical locations. Sometimes you get it from away fans if you're sitting in the corner of the stands, um, but you're like, okay. Most of the, most folk were friendly enough and they were there to watch a game of football and you're wearing their colours and that, uh, you know, red and white, that's it. You're one of the team. That's how it should always be for any fan of any creed, uh, women, men, uh, whatever orientation you are. It shouldn't have an impact. If you're there to support the team, you're there with your brother, brothers and sisters, effectively. First Challenge Cup I went to, um, I think who was that under? I think that was, I think we had quite a uh, pretty decent team. It was up at Clyde uh, Stadium. They only had three stands back then, so it was a bit cold. Many bus, um, you know, sitting there and uh, get called a Buna, get called a Paki. We're not sitting with you, so get your own bus, etc. And I'm thinking, right, okay. So no problems at the game. Sat next to some decent fans, etc. Then obviously folk had had a bit of a swally and a drink and on the bus back it was worse. It was, I'd had uh, bottles thrown at me, cans thrown at me, folk threatening to throw me out the emergency door and I just sat quietly through it and then got off the bus and hoped that none of them would uh, follow me home to try and give me a kick in or something like that because it was only just me. Uh, second Challenge Cup, it was more of the same. I've got more of a voice on me so I kind of said, look, we're all going to support the same team here. There's no need for it. I get ridiculed and laughed at. And uh, it continued, and then they were uh, singing songs, and you're just kind of like, right, okay. And um, again, the game was fine, and then in the home, it was I knew exactly what to expect. I actually at one point wanted to walk home because I thought, do you know what? Uh, the peace and quiet and the lengthy walk might be actually safer for me than sitting on a bus with folk on uh, fueled up on alcohol, but. I, w- I would even loosely say that know what they're doing. I would say they know exactly what they're doing. Obviously, the drink loosens the tongue a little bit and your real feelings come out. And uh, that was kind of it. And then after that, my younger sister, Pfizer, she was a diehard Airdrie fan. She wanted to go to all the games, all the away games. And unfortunately, after that event, uh, that was, I think that was with Steve Archibald's team. We had a top team until all the premiership teams came in and took everybody as they do when teams are doing well. Fun to watch. 
uh, who had Calderon, Fabrice Moro, Sanchez Brotto, uh, really, really good team. And I went along to maybe one, maybe a couple of more Adrian United games and I got called um, uh, a darkie from somebody in the sands. That wasn't too far. And the thing is, I think the thing that got to me then was nobody blinked an eye, nobody said anything, nobody interjected, only my, only me and uh, nobody else got involved, etc. They just allowed it to continue. And I got to a point thinking, I'm not having my sister go through everything that I've been through. And then I didn't go anymore. And uh, as, uh, she was disappointed, always, as was I. But th- there's only so much you can take to the point where you're thinking, if it keeps going like this, it's going to be a physical altercation and I shouldn't have to put up with this. Yeah, uh, you're, going, you're also going along and paying good money to enjoy yourself. And the idea that you just have to accept that as part of it is, is crazy as well. Um, yeah, also- to get dubbed, my dad and a few of the other older generation used to dub Adria as Little Rangers, and um, they went far. They went far away from the truth because you used to have uh, when Air would come up, they would fight with Air. They would sing set. They would get the secretary singing. You would have folk with Rangers tops turn up at the games as well, and um, it would just be in the case of the racism that follows that club as well. Kind of followed Airdrie in some parts. I'm not sure what the scene is like now. I would hope it's nowhere near as bad as what it was when I was there. Probably the wrong person to to comment. It'd be better to have some fans who can give the real insight to it because it's uh, it's frightening just hearing about uh, what the scene was like then. Um, I hope it's changed. But I mean, from what we've seen there, if a footballer's taken to social media to put out that one of his own fans is being racist towards him. I mean, think of that player's mindset when he next steps out in the park, thinking that a small section of the crowd are going to be cursing his name, dragging it through the mud and calling him all sorts. And, you know, that that he's not going to... Eventually, a player's going to, mindset's going to be, you know, the fans are against you whether you give 100% or not. Regardless of how strong a character he may or may not be, it's not going to motivate them, is it? So, yeah, you're right. It's, it's completely counterintuitive, but then it's also bigger issues with it than, than that. I, I mean, what's been the impact for you? Uh, you're speaking in the, the past tense, I take it you and your sister, uh, says, like, haven't been to a game for, for years for very obvious reasons. Uh, is, that, is that accurate? That's accurate. My... Um... My old, my younger other younger sister has a wee boy. He's coming up for his tenth birthday in a few weeks, and he wants to go to football games. So you've obviously got you go Rangers, do you go Celtic, do you go Motherwell? Try and keep it neutral. Do you go to Albion Rovers? But obviously, Albion Rovers have their own similar issues as well as we had a player with mental health issues leave the club, and um, it's. That or do you take them to Airdrie and hope that things have changed? Yeah, depressingly, there was a an incident with a Kelty player uh, being abused by an Albion Rovers fan, just hot on the heels of the uh, incident at Airdrie. So uh, you can't necessarily see that, that anywhere safe. Uh, I mean, you this is a good opportunity for you not only to tell that story but also to speak to us now. So I mean, you're you're on an Airdrie podcast talking to Airdrie fans. What what could have happened then uh, what should happen now in terms of Airdrie supporting black fans, fans of other minorities, fans of, of different religions, you're a Muslim yourself. What's, I mean, 
this is very basic, but but what what could we do to make football safe for for all to attend? It's a diff- it's a difficult question that, and you can take that from very different viewpoints. You can go at different angles at that because religion doesn't come into it when you're watching football. You're there to support a team the same as everybody else, and just a case of just basic standard respect of your fellow fan. If I'm not in your face and shouting abuse to have a fight with you, then you should be having one with me, regardless of if I'm wearing a blue hat or a red hat or if I'm wearing, um, if my hair's pink, you know, shouldn't matter. I'm there supporting the same team and that's all that should matter. What fans, I mean, back then I really did wish, I didn't have much of a voice. I was a, I was a shy guy back then. I didn't have much of a voice, but it would have been great if somebody else would have spoke up against it. If another fan was like, that's out of order. And call it what it and, and call them out. They didn't have as many stewards back then, and uh, stewards kind of didn't want to know. Maybe they didn't have think we didn't really have mobile cameras as much then as well, which we do have now, and fans can be identified. And there's more cameras at stadiums now as well than there was before. I mean, if you see somebody getting racially abused or any sort of abuse for anything at all, then uh, fans shouldn't be scared to basically step up and tell them to cut, cut out, get the fit reported because Airdrie Football Club doesn't need folk like that supporting the team because they're, if they're not taking it out on their own fans, they'll be taking it out on other fans of other clubs and tarnishing the club's reputation. And uh, Airdrie's always got a decent away support and fans. And then and, and now it's got to fact that players being abused by these people. I mean, where does it stop? But I think it's interesting you said the fans and I think that's... That's why I wanted to do this podcast. I think there's a lot of things which uh, I'm happy to criticise the club for, but it feels to me as if uh, the size that Airdrie is now, there's only a handful of people running it. There's not much that can be done. But I think that the people to really stop any kind of behaviour like this is other supporters. And it's that being brave enough to to do something about it and not pulling your head in and thinking, oh, kid, I don't hear that because I don't want to get into into any confrontation myself. Uh, when you when you see what what does that mean when you do that? Well, we've just heard your experience. Well, that's just it. I mean, if somebody else then stands up for you, then they might get, suffer abuse themselves. And as season ticket holders, they may not want that directed in their way or the hassle of dealing with it. And there's needs um, and there wasn't any structures in place to report things back then. I mean, Airdrie could potentially set something up now with the cameras and work with the SFA. They've got the uh, kick racism out. They've got loads of different campaigns. I'm pretty sure Airdrie have signed up to some of them. I'm not particularly sure which ones. I mean, Airdrie is basically pretty much multicultural now. There's loads of different walks of life if you walk through Airdrie Town Centre now. And it's great to see whether they would feel comfortable at a football game or not. I've not been in years. I would certainly hope that they are. But I understand that the player that was abused was abused by a minority, just one person. But all it takes is one person to bring a club's reputation into tatters. I think that's the issue. Well, look, Tariq, thank you for... Uh, coming on and being so open and, and frank with us, I would hope that, you, well, what I was trying to say here, uh, I'd like to see the fans do something about this. I'd love to see you and other fans who we may have lost for the same reasons uh, one day feel happy to come back and proud to support Airdrie for Airdrie to be a club that's for all the community. So there's obviously a lot of work to be done, um, but unless we start somewhere, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, and, I mean, we, we've seen... The alternative for a football club is to, to dwindle away and die, which is 
what's already happened to us once. So if we want to stop that as fans, then it's time to do something about it. So hopefully we can start something from here uh, and really make a difference. Fingers crossed. Obviously, the death of the club was quite bad hit for the town. Certainly wouldn't want to see that again. And uh, I hope that it was just an isolated incident. And that there's, But then again, there could be lots of other incidents that are unheard of in the stands. It's the problem that you have there. But uh, whatever Airdrie uh, decide to do, hopefully they move in the best way forward. Hey, thanks for listening to the OTL podcast. I'm joined by an Airdrie legend. He's in the Hall of Fame. I've got Brian McPhee online with me. And Brian's not only on the line, but giving up his time with Scotland are playing the Faroe Islands. So that'll let you time stamp the interview. But Brian, thanks for joining us, especially when you're, yeah, you're welcome. On. Uh, Brian, I want to do an interview with you about your career at Airdrie, especially two spells, Hall of Fame, faced as an opponent and stuff as well. But uh, the reason I want to do this particular podcast is uh, just with the incident with Rico Katongo recently. And that's there's been an update today that there's been a statement that's come out from, from Airdrie about it. Uh, uh-huh. uh, obviously keen to talk to you as a, a player who's a rare thing in Scottish football, not white, and had played for Airdrie. So you've got uh, experience, you might know the kind of things that, that Rico's going through. Uh, what did you make of the statement that came out today? I, I, I read the statement, I seen the statement yesterday, um, and, and, and I thought um, everybody would almost been in a position where there's, there's nothing they can do because there's lack of evidence. Now, what what I wouldn't like them, you know, to say that, that you know, people start to target Airdrie fans with this stigma. Because no, that, that that's not the right thing. What what, what I did say about the, the, the incident when it happened was first of all, I don't know what was said, right? I don't know what, what was said to Rico. And now if Rico can't pick out the person, I, I don't know how the, how he could do as a club do anything more than say that you know that, that this is wrong. If, if we catch someone doing this, this is exactly you know what will happen. They'll be expelled from the club. Um, if what I did say in a, in a Facebook post after it was, if I was the person who said something to Rico and it wasn't racist, I would come forward and say, no, I gave Rico about a pound and four this. You know, but, but nobody's done that. Nobody's heard something, which I kind of find it's kind of strange that there's, there's nobody heard anything. You know, there's nobody turned around and oh, I never heard a thing. So somebody must have heard something. And, and whether it be racist or not, someone must have heard something, whether it be you're a fucking donkey. You know, along the words, along that line or something like that. I don't know, I wasn't at the game or in that, but what just from me, what Rico says, I'm not saying he's lying, I'm not, I'm not absolutely no way am I saying that. But with that kind of evidence, I don't see what Ergy as a club can do about it. Yeah, it's a kind of it's a really difficult one because, uh, uh, for t- duking out from the player's point of view, uh, if that's what he thinks he's heard, it must. Uh, there's a few cases in Scotland just now. So there's Nathan Austin was playing for Kelty against Albion Rovers. Uh, yeah. There's I've forgotten his name, Fuchs at Dundee United against Ross County just at the weekend. There. So if you're the player and that's what, what your shoes that you've heard. And you do the thing by a reporting to the authorities and nothing happens, whether it's due to lack of evidence or, or whatever else. That must be must be difficult. I mean, you do yeah, I, I don't know if you, if you remember, it happened to me twice and, and twice it went to court. 
did, did you know that? No, it happened, well, it happened. Um, I, I tell you, like, the people will go that it's not funny, but the, the first time it happened, right now, remember, remember, I'm a guy now, I've just come 50, I've come 50 last year, so I was brought up in the 70s, right, when, when Love Thy Neighbor and things like that were on TV. Yeah. And so, what happened the, <laughs> the first time was, as we were playing, and, and me being me, being a pest, annoying fans and annoying players, you know, getting under and about them, niggling, I went to take a throw in, right, and it was up at Forfa. Right, and this old old man, about eighty year old, right, said to me, "You bloody sambo." Now, me, I, I, I just turned it and I started laughing. You know, I was like, "Well, I've not heard that since Love Thy Neighbour." Now, but then, then he says, "You, you bloody nignog." I'm not telling you exactly what it's, that's exactly what he said to me. So I went, so I started laughing again, and I, I, and it's moving across my mind again. I'm just thinking, right, okay, but. What I heard after the game was the security then got a hold of this old man and, and ejected him from the stadium, but reported him to the police and he, and he got a £100 fine for it. Now, what I did after the game was, is, is I went to the chairman of Forfrock and I said, listen, you know, this, this gentleman who did this, does he come to all the games? Yeah, yes, Brian, he does. And we're really sure that this is happened, blah, blah, blah. He says, listen, it's, see, for me, what I would like you to do is just have a stern word with him and educate him because he's been brought up in a time where that language was acceptable. Yes, it's not acceptable now, but he may not have been educated. This, and, and what they've done was, I think they just banned him for a month, and I was happy with that. I said, no, don't, please don't, because of his age, and, and this is his only get out. I said, just make sure he knows that it's not acceptable to speak like that to anyone, you know, but please don't take it any further and, and ban him. But the week after, um, we were playing at Albion Rovers. Now, it was, a, it was an Albion Rovers game, and it was a, and it was a boy, and I'm not even going to tell you which strip he doing, but he didn't have an Albion Rovers strip when he was standing, standing in, Albion, in, in the Albion Rovers side. Now, again, I was doing my bit, blah, blah, you know, winding up the, the players and fans were doing it and just having a wee laugh. And, you know, some of the, a lot of fans I get a laugh and a joke with, but this particular one guy... Stood in, in the stand, and it was just at half time. I was going down under the tunnel, and his attitude and, and his the way he spoke to me was totally different from this old man. Sorry, the nails, they never spoke. Um, he turns around and he was like, You, you fucking black bastard, you're fucking getting it with such venom and anger in his voice, you know. But he was standing next to a policeman when he did it. So, that right away, the policeman arrested him. You know, and then this obviously this went to court, and I had to go up to court. And and, and the lawyer, the, the lawyer was like, he says, um, did did you hear anything? You know, his defence and his defence lawyer, whatever you want to come. Did you hear anything? Yeah, I did hear something. What did you hear? I says, you're fucking black bastard. You're getting it. Do you know who it was? I says, it was him standing there. How do you know it was him? I says, well, I'll tell you exactly what it was well that day. So I told him, and, and he's went, oh right, right, um, okay, and and then. I think the, the lawyer knew, he, he, you know, he didn't have a leg to stand on. So he did, he did this, and I think he got banned from every every club in Scotland for it. You know, it was at the sheriff court that happened. So in, in that sense, I think what the old man did was totally different. All right, maybe people want to put it under the same 
you know, tear it over the same brush or put it on the, the same umbrella, but I didn't see it that way. You know, I thought, right, what, 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 what the boy done at Alvin Robles was such venom and such anger in his voice, you know, that hatred, whereas the other old man just said that to try and get a rise at me. Yeah. Well, when is this, Brian? Is this during your Queen's Park days? No, this was hurting. This is it's twice right. in one week. And so that's so this what first spell of Airdrie, so we talk about 1998. Yes. Right. Yes. And I mean, was this a constant through your so those two occasions something's been done by the club? My second spell. Your second spell, okay. Yes. I mean, did you suffer a lot of this during your career? You seem like you're quite a strong character and you would But see that this is the thing. See, I I'm a strong character. You know, I was brought up in the north of Glasgow. In the seventies, when I was the only black kid, I never got into trouble when I was younger because I was the only black kid in the the, the, the scheme. Because if I'd done anything, they would know that oh, it's a wee black boy. Do you know they know it was me done it, so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get myself into trouble. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm a strong character that way, and in, in the sense of I, I think we, we want some like you know I would answer fight. I'd be like you talking to you. I'd lined up in a fight when I was younger. But that, that doesn't mean to say that everyone's like me or it's acceptable. You know, back, back in the 70s, it, 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 it was acceptable. Rightly or wrongly, it, it, it was acceptable with people, you know, because everybody done it. Nobody went to the corner shop, they went to the parties or the chinkies or, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And, and it's just now that they were, we're slowly, slowly educating and getting away from that, you know, and it's a lot of the older generation. Like the, the old man at Forfa still would use words like that. So, and as you've come out through, but you've come up through youth football in Queen's Park, Adrian Livingston, Hamilton. I mean, it was, it was that constant, or, or was it so you've had two in a week there? But did this kind of thing happen like throughout? No, it, it didn't happen constant. Um, I can only remember uh, once at Queen's Park, and, and maybe a handful of times I, I, I could honestly hand in heart say, Yeah, I heard something. But me being me at the time, I would, I would answer them back, you know, didn't matter who it was, I would be on the park and somebody would say something, you know, a boy said something to me, and, and my answer, and I'll tell you exactly my answer, I said, mate, see if I was done that, I said, that's how I'd punch you, fuck you. You know, and he, and he kind of took it back, and, and the kind of people in the book, and I was like, well said, Brian, you know, and I, 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 could, I should have reported it, you know, because, but me being me, I'm like, no, nah, see you, I would rather deal with this. But, Wrongly now, as, as I'm older, I, I, I think I would report it. But back then, I was just still a kind of, you know, like a scheme boy. I'm like, ah, yeah, you're, you're going to hurt me with calling me something. You know, but I, I think um, for young boys coming through and everything, you, you know, of ethnic minorities and stuff, it, it, it's difficult that they shouldn't have to put up with it. You know, and I think... Being on, I think a lot of people do it to try and get a reaction rather than being that racist way. You know, so some people go, you, you, you hear them going, Lee Griffiths was getting it, you know, after the, after the, <clears throat> the, the alleged, we'll call it the alleged instant with the, the, the younger girl. He was getting a lot of abuse and stuff. And, and I think a lot of people say these things, you know, just to get a rise at you. But some of them go too far. And what about on the pitch, Brian? Fellow pros tend to be okay, or was it was a bit? Absolutely fine. You know, I've I've, ne I've never ever 
ever, not, nothing even close to being any being anyone being racist. You know, to, to, the, to the other players at the time when you have an argument, they're an asshole, you're an asshole, that's it. You know, you know a black asshole or a white asshole or a fat, you're just an asshole. So, that, that, you know, that's the way, it, it, I, me personally, that's the way it should be. You know, you don't need to bring in a colour, you know, anything else into in, in, in an argument. To me, an, an asshole's an asshole, that's it. You talk about growing up in the in the seventies in Glasgow. So I when, when I was growing up a, a bit later, but I used to watch match of the seventies, match of the eighties, and you'd see like the emergence of black players in the the top league in England. So it was like it was like a thing. It was a thing that was it West Brom had three uh, black so players. Just, All right, so and it was uh, Nick, Laurie Cunningham. So so that was that was a couple of the players. Uh, and, and nicknamed the Three Degrees and even had the Three Degrees at the Hawthorns yeah. or whatever ground it was at one point. So it was this like, kind of big thing. But then it was also, used to be people would say things like, oh, well, black players are good, but they can't be trusted to play in defence. It's kind of racial bias point. So I, mean, I think mm-hmm. we'd all look now and you'll see, okay, Saul Campbell, Rio Ferdinand, Vincent Company, uh, Virgil van Dijk. I don't, I don't think he was going yeah. to talk that line now. But did you think, did you suffer any of that kind of racial bias against you as a player? No, because, well, ever did, I wasn't aware of it, you know, because I, I, was, I was a striker. I always played up front because I was quick. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 so that would, for me, at that time when, you know, defenders were just, you know, big guys, big centre-halves and everything, and they, they didn't play, so they, they didn't want to play against fast players. So that, that I always just played up front. So if, if that was the case... I wasn't aware of, you know, people saying, oh, you're just playing up front, or you no, you've not got the concentration levels of a white person, you know, playing to play in defence. No, I, I never got that. And as you look on in the game now, so obviously around the time of the, well, the Euro final goes to a penalty shootout, it's three black guys that miss for England. You've got social media now, so they get a whole load of hate instantly from, from kind of trolls. But what I, I thought it was actually, Good to see the the response. I felt like they were less scapegoated than, than maybe England players had been in the past because people can see it's wrong. And there was the wall with uh-huh. uh, with Rashford, and everybody can see what a good guy Rashford is with the the stuff that he does uh, for for feeding kids in in, in schools. So I, I can't I can't decide if it's getting worse in football or or it's just always being supported more. I don't. I don't think it's getting worse in football. I, I think um, social media has a lot to answer for. You know, not not it's not social media's fault, but there's too many uh, keyboard gangsters nowadays. You know, who, who wouldn't say boo to anybody, but they can sit there and, and say the most vile things just through a typing. Do you know? You know, and you think, well. How how can how can we how can uh, social media how can we curb this how can we stop this? The, the, the only way they, they could do it if they if they get like, IP addresses and stuff and block them from you know and and, they, and, and and take these trolls off these trolls only these trolls basically just feed off reactions you know and, and it's and it's like fan, fans at games feed off reaction you know the boo players and stuff just to try and get a reaction from that player, you know, to try and put them off. So I, I think um, for, for the, the, the trolling thing, I, I don't, I, I've not got an answer on how they, they can curb, curb it. 
But regardless, the, the, the three guys, and you know, the, the, the ones that took the penalties and missed, the, the, the people defending them as show, showing their education, show, showing how they've been educated, you know, that, that, that you know, you just, it was these, just these daft people who were hurt and thought, right, I'll just take this, you know, about this person or that. But, you know, it's, I'll use that word again, they're assholes. Yeah, I mean, well, it's hard to work out with the motivation. I mean, does it make does it make you feel better shooting into the void that is social media? What are you trying to do? You're trying to get presumably likes, or it's it's really, it's really odd that you hide behind some sort of anonymous you and know, just so shout that. I and, and as I say, and, and she, do you know the thing that annoys the thing that kind of gets me about social media and stuff. People then see. Oh, that 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 was. I'm not saying it, it's, it's terrible what they're saying, but then people then assume the pair who, who said it when they don't. Know, they don't know that that could be that could be me going like that. You stupid black man, but who knows? You know. So this is this is what I mean. Then people start jumping on board and going, "Aye, but what about this?" And he said, "Who said that? Who 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 actually was it? Do you know?" But they'll put on, it's like, how could, Black Lives Matter, right? Now they'll put that on, they'll go, Black Lives Matter, I, but what about this? And then they'll show a, a black person attacking a white person. You know, you know you're thinking, wait, 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 what's your point here? It's, it's, it's social media, is it? People sometimes just jump on something without even reading it, or without even, like, they read the first line or something, they go, oh, that's shocking. And then you go, did you actually read what was said there? It's, it's it's social media is a great thing, and then other times it's just the devil. Yeah, and but if you've got an entrenched racist viewpoint, you're not, you know, it's not an intellectual debate that's going to change anybody's mind. It's just, as you say, it's just people being assholes on on, on a different medium. Exactly. It achieve anything. Exactly, and 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 what the what social media does is sometimes it gives them a bigger audience to get a reaction from. You know, the, the only thing, you know, people go, oh, well, uh, social media, I mean, that Twitter account, they close a Twitter account if somebody just opens another one up. You know, and and, and I think um, the, 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 like the, your Twitter and your Facebook, you know, they, they get a lot of flack for people putting these comments on, but they, they do get removed. You know, I'm not saying, obviously the comments aren't right, but they, they put these comments on and it, and I could put a comment on, I've, I've got maybe about four and a half thousand people on my Facebook, so I can put that comment on and then it, a comment about anything. And someone can then screenshot that and put it on a Twitter. Somebody else can do it, do you know? So you, you can see one thing and then before you know it, it, it gets spread everywhere. And, and this is what these trolls are hoping for, you know? And when they get a celebrity, I'm not saying I'm a celebrity, but when they get somebody answering them back, you know, ah, result. You know, it's, it's, so, uh, so social media has got a lot to, to do with it, but I don't think it's got a lot of, a lot to blame for it. There's still people sitting there, and I don't know what the, the, the social media can do. I, I know they, they can sit and they, they, they can police this and that and the next thing, but there's still bits going to get through. Yeah, I thought, yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one. I mean, you see the... I think they've been held to account a lot more, or people are... You can see the money that's been made by some of these companies and yeah. uh, how influencers can, can make a lot of money off it. So if they really want to turn their attention to it, they could shut things down a lot more. But 
right, we'll, we'll, get, we'll see what happens in that space. Or help the authorities and actually call people to account. Because you wouldn't shout it in a, in a high street, so... Why no, you, you wouldn't, because, you, because you're, you're easily recognisable. You know, you're easily pointed out, and somebody can go, that was him. Yeah. That was the guy in the black hat, that was him that said that. You know, yeah, I seen that. That was him that done that. So, but if you're just sitting at a keyboard, it's very, it's very difficult because I could put a picture of you on my Facebook profile and then start saying, "Hey, Colin, what's you saying that for?" Yeah. But they're not even looking to see the name. You know, it's, it's just, it, it's, 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 yeah. again, it's, it's a vicious circle. Yeah, no, it's difficult. I think most of them be. They're not daft enough to post this themselves, so that's that's kind of part of it. They exactly. know what they're doing. Um, to finish up, then, so if we turn it to Airdrie, so you've got uh, you've been an Airdrie player, you've been an opponent, you're in the Hall of Fame, uh, you've uh, been supported to some of the charity work that you do. Particularly that the McDonough family have been really supportive. Oh, of honestly, that. fantastic, um, Paul. As um, getting getting the, getting these games organised and stuff that I've got the the, the stadium themselves. You know the, the stadium owners, Paul Hetherington and Scott, giving me the stadium. You know for free, no no charge at all. I mean the stadium every time I, when I've, I've not been to a game in a wee while just because of the situation, but. Um, I went into the last games I was at was the playoffs. Um, but they, they, I mean they say to me, I still can keep in contact with Paul and stuff in there, but I find anytime you want the stadium, just give me a shout. It's not a problem. You can have it. You know, so so I'm, I'm appreciative. There's probably the only one of my clubs that I've played with who have given me as as much, you know, attention and, and given me much support from what I'm doing. And that's I'm not slagging the other club, I'm not having a go at the other clubs I've played for. Because I love playing for Hamilton and I love playing for Livingston and Queen's Park. But Airdrie have been the ones who, you know, have, have, have backed me all the way and everything I've done with. And do you think, so for us as a support, the other thing I was going to say, and you've had the real positive of the, that, that support that you get. You also, I mean, you played in the game at Gretna where it was widely reported that there's an Airdrie fan with a, a Ku Klux Klan mask on. So I've never <sighs> asked you about that. Did, did you see anything happening? That that day, no, that were you aware well, of at the time? Yes, I wasn't aware of it at the time. It was after the game; it was brought to my attention. Now, what, what I'm going to say here about that is, I know who did it. Now, the reason I didn't report this person was they came to me on the Monday when I was at training and wholeheartedly apologised to me. It was a younger boy who was young. Right, and I think it might, and I'm not blaming the other, but what did they do to try and be funny and, and influence other boys? And it was, did somebody influence him? I don't know, but he came to me on the Monday and wholeheartedly apologised, you know, almost crying that he was so sorry for what he'd done. Now, I, I accepted that, you know, I went, right, okay. Um, you know, you're fucking... It wasn't funny. That, that was a young boy playing on that other side. I don't know. See, and I say, if that young boy has seen it and, and says something about it, you know, I, I will be saying it was you. Yeah. But it, it, it kind of, it, it wasn't reported by Gretna or anything. You know, it was all, again, it was, it was widely said, but nobody actually came out and says, right, this is what happened. There was no investigation. And I think um, his apology to me 
and to the, the situation what happened. He says it wasn't towards anybody. He says it wasn't towards anybody. I know it was a stupid thing I, I'd done, and I'm really, really sorry about it. And I thought, what would what, what, what I do here? You know, so I was angry, and I, and I told him I was angry, and I told him, I mean, my words were, what the fuck do you think you're playing at halfway? You know, that was my words to him, and then that's when he, he listened to me, I'm really, really, I, I shouldn't have done that. I thought that was a joke, and and, and I know it wasn't, it wasn't taken in the way it was supposed to be, and very apologetic about it. To be fair to him, I've never heard, I never heard anything again. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being bad-mouthed, or anything silly with them, you know what I mean, involved in anything, anything else. So I, I thought, I mean, some people say, no, you should have stuck them in, you should have done this, you should have done that. So again, this is when I go back to the, the, the education thing. You know, I, I, I thought then I educated him and, and I said to him, you know, this is, you know, where the fuck do you think you're playing? That's a young boy there, if he's seen that, you know, that, that boy's starting his career and he, he doesn't need to put up a shit like that. And, you know, and, and I thought that was enough. It's a, it's a difficult one. So, uh, and I guess so. Looking forward, so there's been some sort of incident. It's a bit of an unsatisfactory uh, outcome that we can't really. There's no evidence as to what happened. But if Adrian's a, a football crowd, and as as with all others, that this kind of thing can happen. So, what what, what would you ask of, of fans, Adrian fans that respect you? Is there stuff that we should be doing uh, to help stamp this out of the game? Well, the only way you can stamp out of the game is as if um, you, you say, if you hear it, I see it, say something about it, and, and, and you know, point them out. Point, and I'm, I'm just, I shouldn't say him, point, point them out. If, and if you hear it and, and you know you've heard it, you know, and, and you go home and you do nothing about it, about it and, and it's upset other players, and you're, you're as guilty as them. You know, even do it. Just even if, you, if it has to be a wee phone call to someone to let them know about it, rather than, you know, if you feel intimidated or scared that you don't want to be that person and then it brings stuff back on you, do, 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 do it another way, do it by a letter or, or something. You know, because it's, it's, it's not... The, the, the problem, let's, let's be honest, the problem with, with, with Airdrie is it's, there's always been that kind of stigma of racism with the club, right? And, and I think that, that, that it's, it's an unfair thing to say, you know, because, I, I, you know, you see on support and all, every, oh, they know Nazis, this and that. No, because no other person is. See, see, the way I look at life is there's, there's, no, there's no nasty races, just nasty people. You know, so, so we can't we can see every every fans this or every... Aberdeen fans, this and every Aberdeen Rovers fans, that and every, you know, we, we, we can't do that. And, and, and this is what non supporters of that club do. And, and, it, and it puts people, it then puts the club in a bad light. You know, you know people then, but, or just because they've said that, my pal says that, that's true. You know, so, so it's, again, is, is, that, is that a kind of racism then that they just then assume that? You know, every every fans are racist because of that incident. Yeah, I, th- I think I mean I've been doing a session with the the fans and, and why do we think it's important? But but you're circling around it. I mean, I think for me, the Airdrie that you played for uh, and Airdrie now, the, the crowds are way down. So I, I worry about the club that I love dying in front of uh, of my eyes 
and ah. things like this are just going to accelerate that. You, you need to you need to show that you're a modern progressive club and that there's there is no place for uh, any racism or just intolerance within the crowd. No, hundred percent right. And the, the only way they, the only way that they can do that is as if the, the club and the fans get together on this. You know, and and when something like this does happen. Speak out about it. Speak, speak up because again, that that can be that can be the difference between Airdrie getting a young, you know, promising black player coming through. Then they not get, you know, they not get them because if, if, if this happens and and then it starts to become notorious and it happens again and again, players will then go, you know, you know what? No, I'm I'm not getting involved in that club. I, I, I want nothing to do with that. You know, I'm not signing for them. It's, so this is where the fans, it's, it's you're very passionate about the club. You know, I'm not, this is where the, the, the fans need to be united in this, you know, and, and if it does happen, prove people wrong, you know, and, and if you hear people saying anything, you know, point it out. Just, yeah. I mean, just, it doesn't, you don't need to go out and confront them because who knows who you're confronting? It might, it might be the case where they just go, you know what, I'm just going to put a wee letter at the club that I heard this and this is who it was. You know, and, and, and if you've got somebody else to back it up with you, all the better. Because if it's your word against my word, it, it's difficult. Like the, the, like the situation with Rico. You know, I'm, I'm, and, and I say, I'll say it again, I'm not saying R- Rico's lying, you know, and I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know what, what, what he heard. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm probably going to have I'm going to phone me Jose and see you know I'll say this and I'll ask him what what happened what did what did Rico hear you know but what, what I would say is if, the, if there's people round about the, the person that done it they, they must have heard something now the, these people should have I mean they're all saying I never heard the thing I never heard the thing you know when when I'm looking at the, the, the things that were said on Facebook about it now something was said. Whether, whether it was racist or not, something was said. You know, whether Rico picked it up wrong or the, the person did say something and everybody else then wrote about was guilty. If they've heard this, they, they should have done something about it. Um, because I think, I'm not saying it's acceptable for other fans to do it to you, but see when it's your own fans, uh, uh, if, uh, if, if this has happened, that hurts. That, 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 you know, I would be like, you know what, stick the club up your ass, I'm not playing here, I'm out here. Find me a day where I'm not playing again, I'm not doing it. You know, if I knew that who it was that done it and I pointed them out and nothing was done, and, and I'm pretty sure, I'm 100% sure the club would someday the person who done it. But my, my point is, is somebody must have heard something. And now, if I was the person shouting at you, Colin, and I shouted something that you, you it was racist towards you, right? And you heard it that way, and I went, no, that I never said that. I would come out and I would go, listen, I never said that. I says, I, you're a fucking clown. That's all I said. Now, if you heard that wrong, I'm sorry, but that's what I said. I would, I would come out and defend myself. You know, and, and Stevie, and, and it's difficult for the club, I think, to... They, they can only they're, they're doing what they can. If they hear it, they're saying they, they call it an alleged incident because that, that that's just that's just paper talk. That that's what you've got to say. You can't say it was an incident because if you say it's an incident, you you, you need to get the, the, the you know the person who done it. I think, but 
I think for the fans themselves, somebody, somebody must have heard something. Whether it was racist or not, something was said. That, that, that's, that's gone. Without a doubt, something was said because no way would Rico come out and say that, you know, just out of nothing. Where, where, where would they get at that? Yeah, that's, that's what my mind is, Brian. Like, what, what, so, one, he's, he's Scottish, right? So he's grown up here his whole life. It's not like it's a foreign player that might have misheard something. Uh, I, I suspect he, he knows fine well what was said. And two, like, for the people saying oh, it never happened, I was sitting, it was silent, uh, he's making it up. What, what, what would he possibly have to gain? No, that, that, there's What's no moment? way. He yeah, no. signed for us, he wants to progress his career. What, is some, some big conspiracy because Kenny Black used to make his dad run when he did training sessions with us? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I can't think of any motive other than than, than that. That's what he heard. So that, that's about bit that, that kind of disappoints me. And as you say, it's, uh, uh, you, you lose out on players, playing. but you're saying you've got a grandson on the way. Like, and you'll choose, you choose at some point what football club to take him to. And these, like, these things matter. And that's why I just think we need to, to do more going forwards. Mm-hmm. And and, and well, in, in saying that as well, Colin, you're absolutely right. We need to do more going forward, but th- th- then that comes it comes down to the fans. Yeah, oh, I think it's I think it's, it's, I agree. I think I don't. I, I'm quick to criticise the club for a lot of things when I, I think they get them wrong. But on this, I really think uh, there's hard. There's very little people working at the club. Uh, they need the fans to to police this to self police. Yes. Uh, yeah, or else it's not going to stop. So. Um, no. Nah. And then if it doesn't, it just it's like you say, if there's already a stigma there, it just gets bigger and bigger. Uh, I'm not to my kids if that's what, what happens at games. No, absolutely, because if, if, if these things are getting said and, and, and nobody's pointing it out, you, and you're sitting in the stand with, you, with your kids, you think, you know, they'll, they'll be hearing these words. And then they, they may start shouting that thing, oh, that's what they say at football. You know, yeah. you're like, no, that, no, you don't want that. So that, that, that's, that is the big thing for me that the, the fans of not not just of the, every club need you know if this happens the fans need to be the ones who who are policing it because they are the ones in the terraces you you, you can't you can't have assured beside every single fan to to you know there to monitor every word every word they say it's, it's impossible but the the only way you could the only way you can get around it is, is if the fans then. Go, do you know what? That's not acceptable. That was, you know, and, and it's happening at clubs when you hear about throwing bottles on and all that, and you hear these fans getting identified. But, and I'm pretty sure the people that identified the, 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 the kind of bottle throws or coin throws would not have not confronted them, but they have put in a letter of, you know, of complaints saying this is who it was, and then it gets investigated from there. Right. Well, Brian, thank you very much for your time. As I say, we, we need to get you back on to speak about your career. I'm at happier subjects, but but no, thanks for giving me your time today. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you at a game at some point. Hopefully, you can uh, get along now that we're all able to go. Uh, definitely. No, I enjoyed that. We t- I don't usually do talks like this on, the, on on this subject because half the time when you do these, they're, they're misconstrued. You know, you think, me, I'm trying to put a point across here the way. You know the the way I see it, you know, and then I oh no, you can you, you can't say that. I'm like, How can I know? I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not trying to offend anybody in any way, and and it's a very it's a difficult subject sometimes. You have to be trying to be diplomatic when you're talking about it, and I think, you know, when we're talking about Erdo, you can't kind of talk about you know a certain a, like certain fans, and all. you've you've just got to go. 
fans and then with the way everybody's dealt with it as well as you know I, I, right people go no they're not doing enough well if they're not doing enough to tell us what you know say to the, say to the, the chairman and that what, what you suggest you know any i'm pretty sure that ideas would be welcomed you know to, to stamp this sort of stuff out you've mentioned education you know, football should be a a way to to really bring racism to, to the fore and, and talk about it. And, uh, and I know there's a show the racism the red card, but that feels a bit like you do it at the start of the game and then uh, things carry on. I, 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 don't think, I don't think that there is uh, a massive problem. I mean, if, if this happens once every five years, then that's probably... But that, that's still too that's much. So, so, so it's, yeah. it's still one too much, but that, that's the result. If you go back maybe 20 years ago, you know, if you go back to the, the Mark Walter days and stuff, you know, that was they just like one person, that was like fucking whole stand. Yeah. And, and I'm just using that him as an example, but uh, that, that's when you go, uh, so we've, we've moved a long way from that. So we, we, we are, whether we're, we're progressing slowly, uh, you know, or but we're, we're going in the right direction, I think. And, you know, in, the, in these situations here now, uh, are few and far between, thankfully. But when they do happen and they, they catch the culprits that do it, deal them. Deal, deal them and ban them for Let every person know who it was that done it, you know? And, and, and don't let them back in the stadiums. It's not going to look great in a job application for my... No, it's not. That's why it's not. It's the fault. Excellent, Brian. Thank you very much. No problem, any Anytime. Enjoy the road less travelled. Shrinking wallflower Mark Allison tells us why Airdrie. May 1975, eight years old, Airdrie versus Celtic in the cup final and the first time I see the Diamonds in the Celtic end. Can't remember much about the game, but I do remember wondering why we had left a town reading in red and ended in a sea of green. The seed had been sown and even at such an early age, my tendency to question the norm to always back the underdog and to go against the grain was beginning to manifest itself. Thank God for that. Going with the flow was never in my nature and never will be. At that point, I vowed to be a diamond. Best decision of my life. Fast forward a few years and coming to the end of my primary years, that decision started becoming a reality. I was deemed old enough to head to Broomfield on a Saturday without an adult and then the fun really began. And what a season to enjoy. 78-79 was the season Airdrie were seriously challenging for promotion. The momentum the team had built translated into a growing support and enthusiasm in the town. And, as a Monklands estate boy, there was a wee diamond supporters group growing week by week to the point, as promotion looked distinctly possible, there was maybe 25 to 30 offers going together, gathering on a Saturday, resplendent in our scarves, tammies and homemade flags to ensure the half-hour walk into town was a procession. Admission usually involved clamouring over the toilet wall. The season culminated in smashing our bitterest rivals, Motherwell, 3-1 at Broomfield to move into the Premier League for the first time. Halcyon days, glorious days, Sandy Clark and Willie Maguire were my heroes and I lived for a Saturday. However, something changed when we reached the promised land. Not only had I moved to high school, but the passion and exuberance of the Monklands Estate crew waned to the point 
when it no longer existed. School became a scarier place when you were one of a handful of diamonds among thousands of a Celtic persuasion. You stood out, but in their eyes, for the wrong reasons. Now, at that point, you have two real options. Keep your head down, shut up and blend in. Or give it loudy and let them know that you're a diamond and take what's coming. I think you know what option I took. They knew we were there and they knew we were Airdrie. Yep, we took a few slaps and plenty of ridicule, but we stood strong and proud and took on whatever was coming our way with pride and belligerence. The overriding outcome was it reinforced my support for my beloved diamonds and made it unbreakable and to my core. The hatred of the old firm was ingrained for life. The ignorance and bigoted nature of some worked both ways. There was a minority of their support who were equally as nauseous and were never slow to point at the wee Fenian bastard. This cut me to the bone. But the love of my team and the wonderful friendships forged overrided the Neanderthal arses. I'm proud to say that despite the Huns Without Bus Fair tag that still lingers about the club, this is certainly not the case now. Airdrieonians are part of the community, open to all, regardless of which school you went to, and that horrible sectarian nonsense has been eradicated. Supporting Airdrie is always a challenge. We don't support our team for glory, we support them for the most important reasons of all. Loyalty, camaraderie. We've had cup finals, Europe, epic battles with the old firm, but let's face it, for the most part, we have had many more inebriated days out to seaside leagues and perhaps some of the best days are those. We now have a glimmer of hope that the stagnation on the park over recent seasons can be turned around and again we can make progress. It feels like we're back in the game and this season can't come soon enough. This piece is about understanding why the Diamonds became and still are a huge part of my life. And the answer is very simple. Family. My Airdrie family has given me something you can't buy. A sense of belonging, a sense of pride. Allowed so many genuine and lifelong friendships to be formed and nurtured. And above all, the opportunity for my natural passion and belief to thrive. Forty years on from my first day out at Hampden Park, I'm still a Saturday kid and I can't wait to see my team and hang out with some of my pals. Some things never change, thankfully, and long may that continue. No more 